Good morning, everyone. My name's Matt, and I'm part of the team here at Harbour Church. And this morning, we are starting a two-week mini-series looking at rhythms, a new way to live. In this series, we want to explore the rhythms of our life and look at how our new normal can be shaped by the rhythms that Jesus lived thousands of years ago. Jesus lived the most remarkable life, a life full of purpose and full of peace, full of confidence and assurance. He never seems hurried. He never seems taken aback or distracted by the crowds and the busyness of life. John Mark Comer said that to experience the life of Jesus, we must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Jesus' lifestyle was no accident. He lived in a particular way, in a particular rhythm, as an example to us. He was showing us that there's a better way to live, a more fulfilling way to go about life. One that he said would lead us to life in all its fullness. Now, I think it's fair to say that we all want to live full and fulfilling lives. And so it's worth being intentional, intentional about the way that we live our lives, the practices and the rhythms that shape what our lives look like. Because the patterns of our lives shape the desires of our lives, which in turn shape the direction of our lives. So it's worth being intentional about those rhythms. And we've all been thrown into this new rhythm through the COVID-19 pandemic. And who knows when we might return to normality, if that's even something that we want to happen anyway. But as Alex said last week, and if you haven't heard Alex's talk from last week, do catch up on that. But he said, let's not wait around for normal to resume. Let's bed ourselves into this new normal. Let's see what we can learn from some of the new rhythms that we're experiencing or that we might want to take up in this new season. We're going to begin by looking at the rhythm of diverting daily. Traditionally, this practice is known as silence and solitude. And again, this is how John Mark Comer defines silence and solitude. He says it's the spiritual practice of removing yourself from the chaos of our modern digital age to refocus and to reconnect with God. And this perhaps might feel a little strange talking about solitude when for many of us, well actually all of us have experienced months of solitude in lockdown, isolated from our friends and our family. And silence again seems particularly strange given our current conversation worldwide over issues of racial injustice. We've been saying at our Harbour Co. online service that silence is not our statement. And yet we see in the Bible that this rhythm of silence and solitude was foundational to the life of Jesus. And so let's look at the Bible, Mark 1. Jesus is baptised and immediately after his baptism, he goes into the desert for 40 days, isolated, on his own, He's then tempted by the devil, and then he returns to normal life after all of that. And he has a marathon of a day. He it chooses his disciples, loads of people come to visit him. He visits them, loads of people want healings. They want him to do these miracles, and it's exhausting stuff. And then we read this in verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And so to clarify what's going on there, Jesus went to a quiet place for a month and a half 
came back for one day of busy activity, then head straight back to the quiet place again to pray. Meaning that the quiet place wasn't a one-time thing. It was an ongoing part of his rhythm. Life is so busy, it's hectic and it's noisy. And that's, that's been true even in lockdown, social media, Zoom calls, FaceTime, all of it. They say we live in an attention economy. We've got so many things vying and fighting for our attention, fighting for our focus. And at times it can feel really overwhelming. And of course, not everything that wants our attention is bad. I'm thinking of our kids that want our attention, want to play with us, or our friends and family just wanting to connect with us. But when you add it all together amongst social media, amongst work pressures, amongst our phones just buzzing and going off all the time, it can all get a bit much. I'm even mindful right now that as I'm speaking, there's going to be things fighting for your attention, trying to distract you. And I'm just going to say, try and stay with me. Jesus had a lot on in his life. Things were busy for him. So many people wanted his attention and wanted his time. Jesus isn't unfamiliar with a busy life. Yet Jesus never had a hurried life. He found a way to live at peace and calm in the midst of a chaotic and noisy world. And unless we can find that way of life too, we will always struggle to ever truly feel at peace. There will just be this undercurrent of anxiety that rarely, if ever, goes away. The sense that we're always behind, always playing catch up, we're never quite done, we're never quite finished. And that leads us to exhaustion and Exhaustion means we turn to our escapes of choice. We run to the cheap fix. We don't choose the thing that actually gives us life, but perhaps it's that glass of wine at the end of the day, or it's that new show streaming online, or perhaps it's just scrolling and scrolling through our social media feeds. Henri Nouwen once wrote, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. Jesus wants us to thrive in the middle of the chaos of our over-busy, digitally distracted, noisy world. The secret to this, as we've just heard, but is also found in Luke chapter 5, where again it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. For some, solitude can seem a bit scary because it involves being alone. We don't like being alone. And that might be particularly true if you consider yourself an extrovert. And just to say, this isn't a practice for the introverts, it's, it is for everyone. I heard someone say it like this recently, that introverts crave solitude and extroverts need it. And when we talk about solitude, we're not talking about isolation. The two are worlds apart. Solitude is engagement, whereas isolation is a form of escape. Solitude is where you set aside time to feed and water and nourish your soul, to let it grow into health and maturity. Isolation is just what you crave when you neglect doing those things. It's interesting that every time the Bible mentions that Jesus withdrew to a lonely place, it doesn't just stop there. It adds to pray or to be with his Father. I find this particularly encouraging because the practice isn't about withdrawing to be alone. It's about withdrawing to be alone with God. So in a very real sense, it's not about being alone at all. 
And so the first thing I just want to pull out from this is that solitude is a place of safety. It's a safe space in which we are with God, in which we are valued and accepted and can experience the love of God. Teresa of Avila said, settle yourself in solitude and you will come upon him in yourself. The purpose of this practice is simply to spend time with God. And solitude is the place of safety because it's where we are never alone and always in connection with God. But it's also where we encounter ourselves and we hear what is true about who we are. In that verse, Jesus had just come out of a 40-day period of isolation in the wilderness where he was alone, he was tired, and he was hungry. Everything had been stripped away. Everything except his identity. His identity came from the words that he had heard just prior to going in the wilderness at his baptism, where God says that Jesus is his son, that he is loved by his father, and that his father is well pleased with him. And so moving out of isolation, out from the wilderness, where that verse comes in, having launched his public ministry, it says Jesus often, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. And the word used here for lonely places is the same word used for the wilderness, eremos, an unpopulated place. And Jesus is what he's doing here is shifting from isolation to activity again. Well, much like we've been doing as lockdown restrictions have been eased. And here Jesus installs a rhythm into his life where he diverts daily back to the lonely place, back to the unpopulated place, back to the wilderness where no one is around other than himself and his father. And he hears those words again, that he is a child of God and that he is loved by his Father, who is well pleased with him. And this is true for us as well, that in this rhythm of diverting daily, we too could hear those words, God saying these words over us, that we are his children, we are loved, and he is so pleased with us. And so solitude is the place of safety. We're not alone, but safe and firm in the presence of a loving God, a loving Father who says those amazing things to us. Solitude is also the place of strength. When Jesus is tempted in the wilderness by the devil, it comes right at the end of this 40-day period. And you imagine the devil thinking, that's the best time to try and tempt Jesus, possibly when he's at his weakest moment hungry, tired, and fed up. But that's the mistake that the devil makes because Jesus wouldn't have been at his weakest point at this moment. He would have been at his strongest. He's just spent 40 days solely focusing on his father, being in the presence of God, doing life in the spirit day in, day out for 40 days. That's a really strong place to be in. And we see the result of it in Jesus just deflecting anything that the devil threw his way. Solitude is the place of strength. It's not a place of weakness because it's there that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. That's why over and over again, you see Jesus come back to the quiet place because it was a place of strength. And we see the impact that this had 
on Jesus' life, the moment Jesus is standing at the cross, this moment where Jesus was totally separated and isolated from God, isolated from the world, stripped of everything, a moment that just seems like total weakness is actually the moment of greatest victory, the greatest of strength, where Jesus conquers sin and death so that you and I might experience and know the love of God. At the point of Christ's human in incapacity on the cross, God's power was most displayed, that we might experience what God longs for you to know and longs for you to hear, that he loves you. The noise and hurry and hustle of modern day life so easily distracts us from that truth, which is why this rhythm in one sense is simply about reconnecting to that truth. And I've been trying to practice this time of silence in my life. I have to do it in the evening because the rest of the day is just very noisy. And I know that the other parents, if you're a parent watching this right now, you're, you're going to relate to that. I just sit on the sofa and I start a timer for five minutes and I just try and sit in silence, just try and be in God's presence and try and hear from him. And I've got to be honest, the first time I did it, I thought it was an hour. I was just, all I was thinking about was, surely it's been five minutes, surely it's been five minutes. And, but as I have carried on doing this, I've just found that what happens really is that every other voice that's going on in my life, the, the voices of the things I need to do or the things I need to try and accomplish or those voices that sort of say, oh, I need to do this or look like this to be accepted or these ideas of what success looks like and what I need to do to succeed, all of those voices are dialed down so that his voice that says, Matt, you are my son, you are loved, and I'm well pleased with you today. That voice becomes louder. Richard Foster says of Silence and Solitude, at first, we thought solitude was a way to recharge our batteries in order to enter life's many competitions with new vigor and strength. In time, however, we found that solitude did not give us power to win the rat race. On the contrary, it taught us to ignore it altogether. Because in God, there is complete fullness of life, free from the pressure and the pace of life, which says, just do and do and do and do. Whereas Jesus' invitation to us is to come and be, just be. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, and work with me, watch how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Divert daily, a couple minutes or five minutes a day, on the sofa or off on a walk. Wherever it is, however it is, find that space to reconnect to that truth that you are loved more than you could ever 
imagine. Amen. I would love to pray for us now and love to give us an opportunity to reconnect to that truth, the truth that says we are God's children, God loves us, he's well pleased with us. Perhaps right now, as I've been saying, there's lots of things fighting for your attention. And so I just want to give us an opportunity in this moment to get into a moment of silence, however that looks, where you are right now, if you're sitting down, if you want to stand up, or, and just pray as we always pray for God's Spirit to come and fill us, to refresh us and to remind us of those truths, to reconnect us with our Father in heaven. And you may wish in this moment to close your eyes or to hold out your hands as if you're receiving a gift from God. There's nothing special about doing this. It's just body language between you and God. It's the opposite of kind of crossing your arms and saying, God, I, I don't want you to come anywhere near me. And instead saying, God, I want everything that you have for me. I want to know that truth. I want to experience the peace and the love that you offer. And so just in this moment now, wherever you are, however you're feeling, whatever you've got going on, if life is busy for you right now, if life is hectic, if you're struggling to find a place of solitude and silence, just in this moment now, let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and fill us with your love. Fill us with your presence. Now let's just wait on God. Wait on God to just speak to us. Now I pray for anyone that's felt lonely over the last couple months, that God would draw alongside you with his compassion and with his love. And for anyone who feels a little weak, who feels a little bit helpless, that God in this moment would give you his strength, that he would fill you up. And for anyone else who in this moment just wants to know the love of God, I pray that God's Spirit would reveal that to you. That you would know that in your heart, that you are loved more than you could ever imagine. God says, you are my child and I love you. And so God, fill us. Fill us with your peace. And may we know your love this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen.